Simplify your business to maximize your profits. Next up on the Two Business Guys Mastermind. Enjoy. This business podcast, the Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. So, hey, everybody, we're back. And, you know, we're going to be talking about simplifying your business. And we're going to be going into some other stuff, man. You know, when we, we're going to be bringing in some things that we're doing personally as creating a business from scratch and then taking it from, you know, 100K in 90 days. You guys are going to get the benefit of being able to see that. But Rob was talking earlier about, Rob, you know, we were talking about basketball and mm-hmm. we were talking about how sometimes the players on teams just want to get along. They just want to be, they don't want to be the star. I recall the same thing with my son and he was, he was faster than everybody else. He'd make it down the court and I'd say, shoot the ball, jack it up. Right. And he would literally wait for the rest of the team to get there. I mean, mm-hmm. it was that bad. And I, I used to think, well, dad, I don't want to, be a, in essence, I don't want to be the focal point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that right there to me is we think about that concept and business, right? Yeah. How you just want to get along. I mean, there's so many parallels mm-hmm. that we're going to go into that today, everybody on, do you want to succeed? Do you want to, um, you know, rise above, right? And yeah. can you do it with a simplified business plan? I'm telling you, Rob, we create so much complexity in our businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these, these, you know, these moats and 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 <laughs> things that keep people from just being able to use your services. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, the, the goal, everyone, is to simplify. I mean, everything I keep hearing is becoming such a trend right now. Simplify. What mm-hmm. is the customer's journey? How easy is it? Mm-hmm. And people just don't want, I literally go to a door now and go, you know, open Sesame. I want that thing to open. And guess what? People want just your business to work. I use a lot of software. If I get it and it's got complexity, send it back. So when we talk about simplifying our business, Rob, and, and we bring in the talk of people just wanting to kind of get along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not not get ahead and be be the star what is that what's happening what's that all about yeah, i think a lot of it one of the interesting things that that we talk about and i talk about this in um in my thriving in chaos book when we talk about the cause of procrastination right one of the causes of procrastination that people don't really pay attention to is the fear of success and so just like what you were explaining uh, with your son, right? He wouldn't go and take the shot. He wouldn't go and score. He wouldn't go do what was possible, even though it was there. You had people telling you to do it. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that is what if I'm successful? How does this change things? How does it mm-hmm. make people think about me? What does it do? You know, for, for many of us as business owners, and I know, you know, you and I have gone through this and, and talked about this before, right? 
success means a lot of times that you can't hang out with the same people that you used to hang out with. Right. It means that you have to develop different friend groups. It means that you have to start paying attention to different things. I remember, I mean, you know, I remember when I was trying to get good at golf <clears throat> and this was an existential crisis for me. Like I was a basketball guy, like I played ball, like basketball is a sport, golf ain't a sport. Right. And, you know, before Tiger golf wasn't for black people for a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I had all of these reasons why golf wasn't good. Now, remember I got started the first time I got started playing golf. It was actually a, a friend of mine that I did martial arts with, um, maybe about 10 years older than me, drove a Lexus, you know, African-American dude. And he was like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta start playing golf. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. But because it was him, I took it differently. And then he had some clubs in his car and he was like, here, and we just hit some balls just to, just to price. And I got that feeling of hitting a good shot. Yeah. And it's, it, it stuck oh. with me. I didn't start playing oh, the game. I, but, I heard the same thing from, but people. I remember yeah. the feeling. Right. And so then fast forward, my father, who is in logistics at this point in time, he's a um, he, he's doing warehouse management and, 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 and doing a couple of things. But he's starting to see in, in, in the business endeavor. He's like, I've got to learn how to play golf because these deals keep happening on the golf course. On the golf course. Right. And so me, him and he's got a cousin that's like his, his little brother. We all started learning to play golf around the same time. Right. So um, I'm the one that got the bug, though, because I still had that memory of playing golf and hitting that shot. And then when I'm going to the driving range, I got that feeling again and it got addictive, right? It was just like stroking a good jump shot in, in basketball. When you, when you hit it and you know that it's going where you want it to go right as soon as you let it go, like all of that same stuff. So fast forward to, I started wanting to get good at golf, but then I had to start thinking about what that meant. It changes your weekends. It changes what your habits are. I started subscribing to golf magazine and golf digest, right? right? Sure. Like, like yeah. you start doing so many different things. And here's something that you learn along the way, right? You start learning the statistics. I learned that, you know, the majority, 70% of people never break a hundred, right? 90% of learning, people, you kind of, it, it does it depress you a little bit. You kind of see the work involved. And it all doesn't that. depress you, but what it does is it lets you know that like what you're trying to do, it's not going to be a lot of people that are around you now that are in that space, right? And when in business, these are the things that th these are the things same same type of numbers, right? The average business, small business, makes fifty thousand dollars or less, hmm. right? So just by straight demographics, the average business. This is top line revenue. This is That's a profit just job. Money. This is just rev right. Number one is just it's just job money, but that's just revenue. We're not talking about net profit. We're just talking about top line revenue. So if you are going to have a six figure business, you're in the top thirty percent of businesses. Period. So most of the people that you know that own a business aren't going to be in the same group that you're in. If you want to have a seven figure business, that's the top. There's only seven percent of people make a million dollars top line revenue in business. Right? You're talking about one out of ten of your friends that own a business. If you're in that group, you're not talking to nine out of 10 of your friends about the same things, right? And when we begin to see that, it, 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 it scares us a little bit. It makes us feel like, well, maybe I don't want to be part of that group, especially because guess what? In the group that you're in, there's a lot of negative stereotypes about that other group, right? There's a lot of stuff. Like I told you, we said a lot of stuff about golfers. Now, since I've played golf, I've played golf with Groups of people, groups of African-American males from 75 all the way down to 25 that I never knew existed before I got into the game. 
right? And guys that have been playing golf for 50 years, for 40 years, for 30 years. But the stereotype that I had was that those groups don't exist, right? You've got to live the country club life. You've got to be this type of person. No, these are blue collar people. These are people that, that worked and have like pensions. Golf. They, they I'm just still like not. Golf. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I'm still <laughs> not going out there golfing. I'm not doing it. I, I just, I just, and you know, and I, I, I vacillate because I'm such an all in kind of a person, right? Mm. And I like the idea that if I go all in, Mm. then I can eventually master something. Yep. I mean, if I totally immerse myself and then, I, but with golf, I say to myself, to what end? Mm-hmm. Just from some bragging rights or just so I won't get out there and embarrass myself. So I have no interest. Right. Now, so I've kind of like gone, you know what? I could spend that time, you know, learning, you know, copywriting uh, secrets or something or learning crypto. Mm. Um, it makes perfect uh, sense. Right. Nice. And, and, and to be clear, golf is a, sporting activity for me i play basketball i do jujitsu there's a lot of stuff that i do but one of the things that i saw about golf and this is the reason why it appealed to me so much because i love challenging myself physically mentally etc that has nothing to do like it's a hobby pursuit it has nothing to do with making money or all the rest of that but here's the interesting thing i knew that i'm not gonna be playing basketball when i'm 65 like i'm not gonna be that dude that's hopping you had to find something that that didn't jack up the bones (laughs) exactly right i i've gotten beat by a 65 year old golfer (laughs) <laughs> I've so, never gotten beat by a 65 year old basketball player. <laughs> see now, now you know, I like that point. Now I can get into it from that perspective. Hey, this is a, something that I do to keep me engaged, to mm. keep me moving, to yeah. keep me uh, wanting. See now, if my mind gets around that concept, mm-hmm. then I might, I might have some success. Yeah, but hey, that was the, that was the main today, thing y'all. for me, but the basic thing for business and the reason that, 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 I, that I tell that story for business is because so often we have to really take inventory of what our belief structures are around mm-hmm. certain things and where that bias, where that information is coming from. <clears throat> Most people who are starting businesses are not coming from families of means, right? Even and or if they're coming from family of of means, they're not coming from families that started businesses. And that's where the means come from. So Mm -hmm. most of us have either a scarcity mentality that's been generated from our our generational wealth journey, or we have a work mentality, which is go get a job. Somebody else does all of that. And you get really good at one thing and you get paid for that. And there's nothing wrong with those, but you just have to understand how difficult that makes the entrepreneurship journey, which requires mm-hmm. a completely different set of skills, right? Mike, Michael Gerber, we, we talk about the e-myth all the time, mm-hmm. right? So many people think that starting a business is about doing the thing that the business is about. And it's like, no, there's so much more to running a business than just delivering value to the customer, right? You still got to manage all the other stuff that makes delivering value to the customer easier and more profitable over time. Right. And so in all of these things, this is the reason why so many people look at it and kind of get scared, because, number one, we've heard the horror stories. We've heard all the bad that can happen with those successful people. And we ask the question, is it worth it? Is it going to be worth it for me to do this? Is it going to be worth it for me to do that? That's one of the things that I see a lot of business owners that I coach struggle with. Is it going to be worth my time? Is it going to be worth my energy? Is it going to be? And this is not if I fail. This is if I succeed. But then the second thing I think, and, and I think this is getting a little bit more to the, to the point that you were making earlier, is not just is it going to be worth it, but when I succeed, who am I going to be? 
is my life going to be different and how is it going to be different? And, and it, you know, that's some power stuff right there, right? Because here's something that I've learned in facilitating and in what I, the other stuff that I do in coaching, right? And, you know, last couple of weeks ago, I had been, you know, teaching 11, uh, 11th grade, no, 9th through 11th graders, right? Mm-hmm. At, at a high school. And I kept wondering, you know, why they weren't taken to some of the material. Um, and it really came down to, hey, look, we're a subset of folks that are learning this stuff. Mm-hmm. And but my all my friends are doing other stuff. All my friends have a different trajectory. Mm-hmm. Right. And that trajectory does not include the stuff you're talking about right now. <laughs> exactly. Therefore, I'm rejecting it wholesale. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sitting up there, you know, slobbering at the mouth, excited because um, I think that what they would be learning is going to just put them heads and shoulders above everybody else. Now, it wasn't until I started connecting that what you're learning is going to make you different in all the good ways. Mm-hmm. And I literally could almost instantly see them turn around and pay attention. I, I would say things like, what am I about to tell you next? Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to know it's going to make you special. Mm-hmm. It was like, what? Right. Because even, you know, at that age, obviously they want to separate themselves to a degree. Mm-hmm. Right. They want to be held in high at the same time, try to stay like everybody. I, I don't <laughs> exactly. know, it's confusing. Right. So, right. It's the, it's, it's the general crisis that we all have. We want to be special. We want to feel like we have individual value, but we also want to belong to the group. We don't want to be alone. Because right, You can be by yourself mastermind. and have individual value. <laughs> you, you can be lonely, right? There's hermits right. that are out in the woods. They live by themselves. They don't touch nobody. But nobody wants that life, right? You want to stand out, but you don't want to stand out so much that you can't be part of the group. And it's, it's really interesting. So you start thinking about if your business became super duper sec- successful, right? So you become the Elon Musk of whatever, right? Right. And you're worth $280 billion. You separate yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you know, and then you're in rarefied air, <laughs> you're in rarefied air. but then if you think about how he built the companies using, um, you know, first principles, I've been thinking about this so much, man. It's like simplify, simplify, mm-hmm. simplify. Go, go to first principles. And this is what Rob and I are doing right now, too, with the business that we're building. Is like, okay, we want to help you earn more money in your business. Mm-hmm. Whether you're an entrepreneur uh, or you're making millions and millions of dollars within your business. But we want to do it in a way that is simple, mm-hmm. right? So how could we come in and identify something you did not see? Here's what I have found sometimes, Rob. When you point out something somebody missed, they get pissed because they missed it. <laughs> and now they're mad at you. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a why didn't I see that? Why didn't I know that? And now I feel exposed that you see mm-hmm. I didn't see that. Right. And I would imagine that we've got to do work on not making a business feel stupid yeah, for not seeing what we were able to come in right. and within an hour identify. Right. And that's it. I mean, that's one of the big things that I've been focusing on over the last couple of years is because because I realized that like most of my clients are very intelligent people. Like, first of all, if you get if you can start a business to make it work. You've got to have a degree of of of, of business sense, uh, a degree of of um, uh, what's the word of of discernment that 
is not kind of book knowledge, but it's 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 infinitely more important, right? Because you got to understand people. But the the basic thing is, I I notice a lot of people have the knowledge of what they're supposed to do, but they're not understanding the obstacle that's keeping them from applying that knowledge. And that's a matter of perspective. So a lot of things that, and this is what we're incorporating and trying to trying to walk that narrow gap. This is what Randy and I have been talking about kind of behind the scenes is I think what we're really good at is letting people know you're very intelligent. You're very smart. You're very capable. It's not because it's, it's for no fault of your own that you can't see this. Like, Cause a lot of people think that if I don't see something, that means that I, I'm, I'm deficient. Something's wrong with me. It's like, no, here's the deal. You have to insert certain habits, certain routines into your life to make sure that you see these things. And because otherwise, just the normal way of doing things will get you the wrong result. I remember when I was um, when I was starting my jujitsu gym and I was doing a lot of a lot of research on self-defense um, because that's that's a real passion of mine as well. And I can talk to you. We can talk about it on another show. Why I think it's so important for people to know how to defend themselves in order to participate fully in a democracy, in order to fully um, um, manifest the greatness that is within them, to be comfortable in society, being able to defend yourself verbally and physically is extremely important. But the you know, main point, you guys in that space, I'm, I'm following a guy. I met I met a guy recently, you know, at the coffee house, and mm-hmm. he writes a newsletter, and mm-hmm. he's talking it in that same kind of way. Right. He's a self-defense guy. Mm-hmm. And he says that same thing, man, that just brought it to my mind. I was looking at his um, his newsletter the other day. It's a pretty simple newsletter. You know, it's kind of almost every day. I think that's what he calls it. But he says that that why it's important that you know how to. Boy, when you when I heard that, it just brought back. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading a little bit of it. You know, I'm kind of it's, it's kind of bringing me in slowly. Yeah. But he speaks to that. Yeah, because hey, there's psychology be behind it. He says yeah, that something that is is showing care and concern mm-hmm. for others, um, and that leadership is about showing care and concern in the way that you protect them. It's it's just mm-hmm. deep, man. Yeah, and it's hard to show care and concern for others when they feel like threats to you, right? right? Because we are naturally designed, right? Our our psychology is designed to seek threats and to decide to eliminate threats, right? That's Mm -hmm. what fight or flight is all about. But, you know, you get into that and what you start to realize is, right, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the one on the bottom is survival. The next one above that is safety and security. So once you got food in your belly, the next thing you're looking at is who's trying to take my life, right? Like that's the kind of, that's the idea, Mm -hmm. right? Is is nature going to take my life or is somebody else going to take my life? Mm -hmm. And you know, that that's the, the hyperbolistic, right? That's that, that's the extreme, the exaggerated form of it. But that's what your mind is on a loop of. So when you're able to defend yourself verbally, to articulate your thoughts, to, 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 to express yourself, and you're able to defend yourself physically, what it allows you to do is to not walk around worried about other people, right, in this space. You, you understand what you can do. But the reason why that's important from kind of a, a business perspective is, when people are out there struggling, trying to figure out what they're doing, trying to figure out what's going on, right? A lot of times we get into these habit loops of things that have made us successful before. And, and the, the, the martial arts analogy of it is there's a certain way that you train in specific, specifically the pugilistic martial arts. So, you know, boxing, um, uh, karate, kung fu, those types of sports, MMA, when you're actually hitting people, right? Right. Most training involves pulling your punches. 
And the reason it involves pulling your punches, because if you actually go all out every time you train, you're going to have very few training partners because people are going to get hurt because that's what the nature of the sport is designed to do is to hurt people. So if you go on full out all the time, people get hurt. Now you have a, you have less training partners. You can't train as much. Right. So people get into the habit of pulling punches. Problem is, if you don't have a training to counteract that habit that you're building, right, then when you get into a fight, guess what you do? Jocko Willing says this in, in his Extreme Ownership um, book, right? He says, we don't rise to the level of our challenge. We fall to the level of our training. That is, oh, man, that's and that speaks to uh, what we talked about earlier. Connect that, everybody. Mm. So student perhaps it's a little bit better, but they don't rise to the level. They'd rather fall back to be like everybody else. Exactly. My, and my we, son's and situation, right. you know, I'd that's rather, what's I'm faster. I'm getting down. I could, I could shoot, the, I, I could shoot it up and we can make points, but I'd rather wait. Right. Because that's what's comfortable. Level. That's what, that's that what business? we're used to. And that's what so many people in business wind up doing. They can't see the problem. They can't see the obstacle because they're used to doing it a certain way and getting a certain result. Once they stop getting that result, now they're blinded to why they're not getting that result because, and there's a lot of times things that they're doing that are, that are, that are creating that result. I was just coaching a client the other day and um, she has a, a team that she works with and she was doing the budget for the team. She's trying to figure out why they're taking right? Because they do a lot of canvassing the area. So they drive and they go meet people and they try to, you know, build business deals. And she was trying to figure out why they're taking so much time doing this, right? And one of the things that was interesting was, what we had her look at is, what is the thing about the job that they do that is thought of as them actually being productive? And what we figured out was that activity was equal to productivity, in their minds, in, in, in their department. And it made perfect sense because they weren't getting results, but they didn't necessarily need to get results because she was so good that she was getting results enough for the whole department. Right. And, and they knew that they That's weren't as good as her team moment. Right. They knew that they weren't as good as her. So they're, they're doing what they know how to do, which is to be active. Right. That's what we've learned all through school, do work, show that you're that you're trying show that don't let a, a, an idle moment pass you shouldn't be sitting still doing nothing so they're doing activity right. but here's the key their activity is expensive and that's something that we know action does not equal income exactly but for but but in their situation the activity was was perceived as the thing that got them credibility or um or at least uh, uh, the, the belief of them being professional and trying to do their jobs, right? So it's the thing that can keep you from getting fired, if you would, right? It's kind of mm -hmm. like the whole thing mm -hmm. where when the boss comes on the floor, everybody starts doing something, right? Yeah, Same sure. idea. They're not making nothing. They're not really doing nothing, but they're just looking busy so that they make sure that nobody says they just slacking off, right? And but that But what she couldn't see and what we, what we were able to work on in the coaching session was, here's the thing. Your incentives are not aligned with effectiveness your incentives are aligned with activity Ooh, man that was a powerful revelation i i assume mm -hmm. and immediately she's like oh and we started then brainstorming different things that we could do to realign that and it wasn't these were all the things that we figured out that we were going to do to realign it were her ideas it was just having her 
look at it from a different perspective. That's the whole thing. That's one of the biggest things that so many business owners, what we help business owners with a lot is to allow you to see your business from a different perspective and then apply the knowledge that you have about your business to rectifying the, the, the situations and things that you find. What's interesting, even more interesting about that, I was talking with, um, this guy is a billionaire right now. I don't know how I was in a room with him, but I was. Uh, but anyway, I'm talking to this guy and he had just stepped down as a, a, a you know co-runner of their company. Mm-hmm. And they brought in another CEO. And I, so what I asked him was, I says, I'm noticing a trend in the kind of CEOs that are being brought in. And I said, mm-hmm. well, what made you go, what made you go in this particular direction? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you know, qualifications, blah, blah, blah. He says, but you know what's interesting? He was able to move the people in the direction I had been talking to him about for a long time. And it was mm-hmm. interesting. He says, here it is. I've been telling him the same thing. But again, like you said, a perspective. So the new CEO that they now have to impress, that they have to do all these different things, he comes in and that new perspective has them doing the same things that the former the person that they knew for years and years and years, 20 some odd years, had been telling them, we need to go in this direction. We need to go in this direction. So he, he's probably sitting there going, well, why is it they wouldn't do it for me, but they'll do it for somebody else? And that's got, you know, so you come in, work with this young lady, right? And then you're saying, yeah, we got to do this. And the fact that, you know, that she's, she, like you said, it was her ideas already, but why didn't she impart those ideas onto the organization to get the, uh, the, the effect? Right. I'm curious about right. that. And the whole thing is she didn't have the perspective to see how important the stuff was. A lot of times what, what happens with the people that I coach with, and I know Randy, uh, we've talked about this before with the people you coach with as well, is they don't understand the impact of the things that we're talking about. They think that the impact, they've thought about them and thought, eh, that's not really that important. And it's literally the most important thing that they could be doing, but they don't, ha- they don't understand how to value the importance because they don't know how to measure it. They don't know how to quantify it. And a lot of what we bring to the table when we, when we work with companies is the ability to help you quantify the impact of your effort, to quantify the impact of what you're doing. So many companies have, like, we were just That's reading, what, what was the, uh, the article that we were reading? It was from the guy that, that created HubSpot. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, Shaw. Dharma yeah, Shaw. Dharma Shaw, right? And one of the things that he talked about in that article I thought was really cool was, ideas are plentiful. We always have good ideas. The problem is not finding good ideas. The problem is prioritizing those ideas and figuring out which ones to implement. And I see that over and over and over again in the businesses that, that I work with, the businesses that we help. The thing that we that, that, that the business owners struggle with is how do I prioritize these? How do I know which one to do first? And that, I think, is when you talk about mm-hmm. kind of simplification, what we do to help simplify it is we help business owners to figure out what is the thing you want to do first? And why and which one and, and you know, that right there tells you a little bit if you guys are listening in and you're you just got a nugget right there why what we do works when we're talking with companies and as we're forming a um very specific company to go out there and you know accept this challenge and, and to kind of see some things is that our unique selling proposition is going to be we see things you might not Mm-hmm. Right. And it's our perspective based on my experiences, based on other things. And the fact that we're not emotionally tied to any idea, 
We are only trying to put the one that is the most effective one and the most profitable. And that, that right there, man, tells me a story. It says, hey, we got a lot of ideas as owners of these ideas and we know when they happen. So we got emotional ties to them. So that prioritization is difficult because guess what? They all came from us. Mm-hmm. It's like they're all our babies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like an editor. I know when I was writing a lot of books, it was so harmful to me to get that red <laughs> pen on my stuff, right? It was so harmful because it was like, look, all of these words are mine. <laughs> so I love them all. And I, I remember reading something that says, you have to kill your darlings, right? And you have to kill your words. You got to let the editors do what they do. Mm-hmm. And they'll do it more effectively because guess what? They're not emotionally tied to them. Now you'll mm-hmm. want to change them back. Because you understood why that sentence was put together, what you were feeling when you put that sentence together, what thoughts you had, all that kind of stuff. And they look at it like it does not, it's not effective for the story you're telling. That's kind of like what we do when we're in talking and working with your company is that we're saying, hey, we got a different perspective. That's Mm -hmm. not effective. That's not going to get you to the goal that you have set for yourself. That's just something that's tied to you and you don't Mm want to kill your darlings. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, 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 and being able to do it in a way that doesn't make it <laughs> a traumatic experience. I think that's, that's the other piece that, uh, that, that, that is really, really powerful. Cause I think, and, and for the business owners that are out there that are listening, the thing I want you to kind of take away from this discussion, take away from this, uh, this conversation is it's not about really, you know, having to embrace the suck and do the hard thing, all, all the cliche stuff that people talk about, right. It sounds great. But that's not what it really is. Right. At the heart of anything that you're going to do, that's going to be hard. Yes, you're going to have to accept all the hard. Yes, that's true. But that's it's necessary, but not sufficient. Right. What's sufficient is that you understand. And this is why, why I love Simon Sinek's work is that you understand why it is you're doing what you're doing. Because when you understand why, when you understand how what you're doing connects to the next thing, then you can prioritize the order in which you are going to embrace the suck, because there's certain things that it's worth it to deal with the discomfort and the uncertainty and all the things that come along with taking the risks and doing and, and making the bets that we make as entrepreneurs. There's some stuff that it, it hasn't developed enough cachet or enough return on investment yet for you to be embracing that suck. And there's some of you out there that are, that are struggling trying to do what somebody else has told you you're supposed to do because they say it's worth it instead of being able to understand why you say it's worth it. And for the things that you believe are worth it, embracing the suck is easier. Dealing with the discomfort is easier. When you have a reason, when you understand why it is you're doing what you're doing, it doesn't make it suffering. Even if you're suffering, it feels different. It, 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 it mentally, it's less weight. There's so much more to it. So I, I want you to really understand it in this space. If there's something that you're struggling with that you're trying to figure out what to do, how to do it, really dig in and figure out your why. Why is this thing important? And and I mean, as Randy says, simplify. It. Get to the key. Get to the heart of why is it important? How is it going to get me to my goal? And how? much do I believe that by sacrificing what I have to sacrifice, by going through the pain, going through the discomfort, going through the, 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 the uncertainty, how much do I believe that this is going to actually get me that thing? Right. That's what we do. We show them. When we come in and we have this lofty goal, right? And we say, um, 
hey, we're going to find you $100,000 in, in, in 60 minutes. Now, we know that's going to get immediate pushback. So I said, Rob, you might want to say 30000 Right? <laughs> Rob was like, why? Uh, I find people big money. Well, right. because that, um, you know, I don't believe you factor. Mm. Right? How many times have we seen something and we says, yeah, they're, they're lying. We don't believe them. <laughs> right? But what we do and why we're doing so much upfront work for you, we demonstrate. Now, we've seen enough. Uh, you know, uh, testimonials, but quite frankly, we don't believe them either, right? We kind of go, yeah, but that's not us. That's my, not my industry. I don't believe I can do all the objections that you talked about, Rob. So what we're basically doing is saying, here's your business or a very close sample of it. And we're going to do and show how we can get it for that business. Right. And then when you're able to see it and you go, oh, my gosh, that's just like my business. Mm -hmm. And they were able to find 30, 40, 50 thousand dollars for that business, then I'm sure they can do it for me. So we just so what Randy's saying is for those of you all that are out there to listen to this right now and you've seen all of the things that other people have done. If you want to see what it looks like for your business reach out, get on the, 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 the email, hit us up in the comments. And we're looking for a couple of businesses to do, to do specific analyses of, so you can see that it's your business and what it does for your business so that you can believe it instead of um, just hoping and praying. That's it, everybody. You know, and that's the show. We just wanted to come on and talk about simplifying things, showing you, we're going to show you how to simplify things in your business in a way that produces something, not activity, not action, but actual results. And, uh, you know, Rob, I was listening. I actually fell asleep on something last night. Uh, YouTube was on and I woke up right in time. It was like, you know, four in the morning. I woke <laughs> up right in time for the person that says that in order for you to get to a new level in your business, you, it's not going to Get, you're not going to be doing the same things to get there. You're going to have to look at it in a whole different way. That's mm -hmm. perspective, right? So you looking at it may not get you there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you run the risk. Here's the key. You run the risk of letting too much time go by. Mm -hmm. You doing it, you looking at it. That's why you bring us in. We give you, you got to look two minds for the price of one come on there we go there right? we go the and price that we're offering up front is like hey let's just take a look at it and if we can find it for you then you hire us exactly and the, the, the beauty of it right and i i think we can end it with this quote which kind of encapsulates that right and it's alan it's out <clears throat> excuse me albert einstein basically said we cannot solve problems at the same level of thinking that created them and that's where the guy was getting to yeah exactly y'all hear that say it again rob we cannot solve problems at the same level of thinking that created them. We do it. We're doing it now with this challenge, right? We're saying to ourselves, can we do this in 90 days? Right. And anytime we come in and we, Rob and I are like making it too complicated. We're, I'm, I'm suggesting first principles. Hey, this is how, and Rob has been able to rock this out. This is how many people we need. Here are the levels we need them. Now, what do we go say to them? That's what you guys will be hearing from us coming up. Yep. So excited. Like we said, I think 
what do you think, Randy? I think what I want to do is I want to get, I want to cap it at five. So, so, so here's the deal. First five from those of you all to send stuff in from different industries, we'll talk to you and we'll, we'll make that happen, but we only doing five because we want to make sure that, um, that, that this is, that this is valuable to you. And also that y'all get these submissions in. So let, let's make it happen. It. Five like businesses. It. If you want us to, to, to mastermind on your business, go ahead, put it in the comments or put it in, um, send us an email. All right. Good stuff.